0: Red alert, red alert, all hands to the battle station. This is episode eight, the USS Dauntless, being recorded on Saturday, September 5th, 2015, and being released on Sunday, September 6th, 2015. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Battle Station. My name is Tucker, and I have got a great episode in store for you today because I'm so, 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 so stoked about this because I've been trying to make this damn ship work ever since it came out. Um, I don't think we're going to be totally happy with how I've managed to do that, but, uh, well, it is what it is. So, basically, uh, the USS Dauntless uh, was very disappointing to a lot of people uh, when it was first previewed. Uh, It came right around, you know, a, a series of, of, of waves that had been... I mean, they had playable stuff in them, you know, and people were excited about. And, and so uh, this has, uh, this it let a lot of people down. Um, and it was actually one of the original inspirations for Battle Station. Um, I tried very hard to get this to work, um, but I couldn't find something, basically I couldn't find something that only the Dauntless could do. Um, I couldn't find something that basically uh, it, it, it was like you know you remember some of the early episodes which was sort of a series of ships all of which were just basically variations on the same theme of rolling a certain number of attack dice with a certain amount of quality, um, and so uh, here is uh, here here is a a build that basically is uniquely dauntless. Uh, it takes advantages of a lot of different facets of the dauntless. And uh, and the you know the the nature of the beast. So, let's go over the ship uh, for uh, today's episode. Let's just go ahead and get started. All right, USS Dauntless. It is a Dauntless class. Uh, it is an independent ship, and I'm just gonna pause here and say, you have no idea how confusing it is to have an independent ship named the USS something. I tried to put. Uh, dorsal phaser ray on this so many times and it just didn't work because you know that can only go on federation ships which the USS Nautilus is not um, it's an independent ship cost 26 points obviously it's unique it has a name it has two attack two agility four hull five shields no crew four tech slots no weapon slots it has a uh, 90 degree front arc no rear arc uh, it gets scan, battle stations, evasive, and target lock. Sort of the Federation action dial. Uh, its maneuver dial is: it has green one and two straight and one bank. It has white three, four, and five straight, two and three bank, and two hard turns. And it has red three hard turns. Um, the ability is the really the only part of this. Well, we'll we'll, we'll get there. The ability is, each time you perform an action or use an ability on any of your tech upgrades, place one mission token on this card. During the roll a task die step, you may spend up to two of these tokens to gain plus one attack die for that attack for each token spent. Okay. There is a pretty major dispute, which I do not think that Worf has weighed in on yet. Um, There is a segment of the community that strongly believes that uh, what this means is anytime the ship takes any action whatsoever, it adds a mission token. Um, I am not part of this segment. I believe that the correct interpretation is that it only works on actions from your tech upgrades. Um, this is... I i don't want to get into a rules argument here, especially with myself, because that would be weird. But I, I really don't see much, much justification for the other ruling. Um, but... Uh, so here's, here's, let's look at the advantages and disadvantages of this ship. Okay. Advantages. Four hull, five shields is a pretty nice body. I'm content to run a bio ship with that. I'll be content to run this. Uh, and speaking of which, it also has two white hard turns. That's good. Um, two agility is a nice bonus. Uh, four tech slots. I can get a lot of tech. Four tech is, 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 this attractive in some ways. Um, the ability is very interesting. Even if it's confined to tech slots, it does say each time, which means that I can get, if I know, if I know what I'm doing, I can get uh, the two tokens every single turn that I'm going to want to use this ability every single time, um, which, which is uh, pretty good, it's a pretty good deal. Um, disadvantages. It is a 90-degree ship with two attack dice that costs 26 points. This renders it almost totally unplayable in most circumstances. Um this is not a word I use lightly anymore. Uh, you know, I'm 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 when I'm when I'm doing something off the cuff, uh, I'm very liable to use sort of um extreme language, uh superlatives and such like that. And I'm I'm trying very hard on this podcast to uh to avoid doing that. But the fact of the matter is this. Um it it is very hard to run justify running a ship uh with this low attack dice uh in, in a in a fleet, um, just as is you know the generic. Really, there isn't there isn't much to say about the generic, for example, version of this one less shield, one fewer tech slot, um, and no ability to mitigate that that low low attack dice. The only ship in the game that I consider to be worse than this one is the USS Pester, and I am working really really hard on making that one work. There's some unique obstacles there, but I'm not I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to get into that um because of that the ship has no competitive history as far as i know uh it has never been there haven't now there have not been a lot of high level tournaments since the ship came out but i don't even know anybody who's ran it at their op to be honest with you um obviously uh in the uh in the whatever comments that i decide to set up for this obviously there will be somebody who has run it at the ops and good for you sir i salute your enthusiasm um on the show, this was a something something Romulans. No, no, that's the Prometheus. This was um, this was a fake ship that they pretended was Federation for some reason. This was an excuse to give Voyager quantum slipstream drive. Let's be real here. Um, I, I wasn't particularly fond of the episode in which this ship appeared. Uh, so. Oh, I forgot to say, in the advantages set, it does have battle stations naturally. Uh, That is a very good thing. It's harder to put battle stations on a ship than one might expect, especially when it has, and here's the other major disadvantage, no crew slots. At this point, I am going to go ahead and say crew slots are the best upgrades in the game. They are the ones that every single week when I am doing this podcast, I reach for first. I reach for crew upgrades because they are the ones that... and, And part of that, a large part of that is... Crew, crew slots will give you other upgrade slots. You know, I'm, I'm gonna do that at least once here. Um, the, the, uh, the thing is, is that um, you can get tech slots. It's really easy to get tech slots from crew these days. You can get weapon slots, um, but you can't, there are very few things in the game that add crew slots besides captains and resources. And that, that's a pretty big commitment. Um, so while I do love four tech slots, I, I dislike zero crew slots. but let's see what we can do with this beauty uh, once we try to figure out how to take advantage of her because spoiler alert there is one thing she is set up to do really, really well. Um, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna quick spoiler. Um, I'm a little hesitant to uh, to do a show like this so soon after the Quark's treasure show I did last week it will become very quickly apparent why um, but uh, number one I want to get at the dauntless out and number two this is a nice little thing to fill in the gap because uh, the Phoenix got previewed it, there, there's nothing there that um, I really want to work with on battle station simply because most most of the utility of those, Upgrades is pretty obvious, and I try to go for some of the less obvious uses, um, and I have reason to believe that I will have much, much, much more interesting things to talk about in the near future. So let's get down to business to deal with the Dauntless. So first thing we're going to do, obviously, this the ship itself. is 26 points. Um, now, one of the major mitigating factors here is I have no crew slots. This is not great. So I'm going to turn right around and use an old, old, old friend. Wayune. But not that Weyoun, not the Weyoun everybody knows, the Weyoun that nobody ever uses because you can't use it and the other Weyoun in the same fleet. This is Weyoun 7, I believe. Uh, yes, uh, he is a skill 7, cost 5 captain. He is unique and he does come with an elite talent, unlike his disabling counterpart. Um, his ability is, add up to two additional crew slots to your ship's upgrade bar the cost of these upgrades is minus 1 SP each if they are Dominion crew upgrades. Um, I, now, there is a small... I will I will, I will post a small sort of um, uh, uh, quibble here. Um, I am not 100% sure that this... Th- there is an interpretation of this card wherein both of the upgrades have to be Dominion to get that discount. Um, I cannot recall off the top of my head if Worf has ruled on that. Uh, I, I do not believe that they have. Uh, so I'm going to assume that this works. Because I'm going to use one crew member that's Dominion, one crew member that's not. Um, the Dominion crew member I have used uh, does not particularly matter. Um, I have picked Extana Rax, who is a two-point upgrade uh, off the 4th Division Battleship, who says, Action! Disable this card to flip over all critical damage cards assigned to your ship. Um, I have done this because uh, we're going to be dealing with an elite talent and uh, th- there are some crits out there can- that can affect elite talent usage, and this, this just helps with that. Um, the other two, th- frankly, the only other choice I'd really go with on this ship is Bohica, um, but we're going to be using your action for something else, and for once we're not going to get a billion actions on the same turn with the build, um, and-, and-, and so Bohica is-, is a valid choice on this ship because the ship does have battle stations, which means that he's really good quality just all by himself. But again, Bohica is somebody you may want to use elsewhere in your fleet, so I'm trying to keep him free. All right. So, um, the other crew member I want to put on here is Sakona, our old friend who gives us one weapon slot and discounts all weapons with a cost of less than five, five or less by two points. Um, I'm gonna use that weapon slot to put on our old friend Type 8 Phaser Array when attacking with a primary rep- weapon roll plus one attack die, uh, can only go on a ship with a primary attack of three or less. Um, and this is this is sort of just a standard package I'm using just sort of to mitigate the starting two dice. So we're up to three dice with our primary attack now, but we haven't really seen um, what, what we're gonna do to be use, utilizing the Dauntless's ability, and that's what we're gonna do now. So I am going to put Uh, a flagship on Yun, and it's going to be the independent Dominion, uh, not flagship, I'm so sorry, uh, fleet captain, the independent Dominion fleet captain on Yun, which is uh, add two additional tech slots to your upgrade bar, Uh, they all get a discount of minus one point, and uh, that's also going to make the eventual elite talent free, um, which is very useful for five points, so we've got 6 tech slots, we're only going to use 5 of them because frankly I ran out of points and if there is ever a 1 point Dominion crew released uh, throw him on instead of Xtanarax and you'll be able to fill that 6th slot and everybody probably sees where I'm going with this by now but let's let's just be totally clear Um, the first thing I want to add is a card called Jammed Communications Um, it is an independent tech, costs 5 it's on uh, both Gorn ships the prize ship and the retail one And it says, action, all ships within range one to three of your ship, including your own, cannot provide or benefit from any text abilities that affect other friendly ships this round. Place an auxiliary power token beside your ship. Okay. This is really, really. So, so, so let me, let me back. I first saw this card used at an OP in collective OP two, uh, wolf three, five, nine, where, um. My, my ex, my girlfriend at the time, was running a bunch of Klingons with the Klingon flagship. She had Gowron, and she had Martok, and this guy had a Bioship with jammed communications on it, and he just dropped it right into the middle of her formation and used jammed communications every turn, and it completely messed up her build. Um, ever since then, I have seen this card as one with a lot of potential that, that is very underused, um, and I have looked for a number of places to, um, to include it. Now, uh, one thing you can do if, if you're so inclined is on the Mirror, uh, or no, it's the ISS Avenger, is the, uh, the Mirror NX-01. Um, it has a tech slot and you can throw it on there and that will actually give the NX-01 a two, attack, two bonus attack die because of the ship's ability. That's a great little support ship you may wish to consider. Uh, but what I've, what I've done here is, I've put it onto a ship that has a solid body and it's decently maneuverable, um, so that it can it can get right up in the middle of things and and mix it up, and it'll get plus one attack die every turn effectively from using this ability. Uh, you can build with your fleet around this. Now the question is, what ability am I gunning for here? And the answer is independent fleet captain federation. Um, also a lot of admirals, but that's the primary one. The ability to stop your opponent's movement hijinks, hey, especially when they're depending on them. Is is pretty, pretty substantial. Um, I'm not sure exactly how this interacts with fleet actions. That again, may be something for wharf. A lot of wharf heavy stuff on this build. I, I apologize for that. I didn't really, uh, I didn't really think about that going in. But um, so that's one tech slot spoke for. So I'm not going to use one. I got jam communication. So what about the other four? Well, the other four are all going to be the same card, shroud. It's a one-point Dominion tech upgrade that says, if one of your Dominion crew upgrades is supposed to be discarded, discard this card instead. That's why we're using X-Ton of Racks. Uh, We need him to be a a two-point crew upgrade because we've only got one point left, which we're going to use with Weiyun's free talent slot for a free talent that pays the faction penalty. And of course, that is going to be conditional surrender. Uh, everybody saw that one coming, I think. So, conditional surrender, for those for those who don't know and who weren't listening last week. Uh, Ferengi talent, 3 cost base, not unique. Uh, when your ship is attacked before any dice are rolled, discard all of your crew upgrades to cancel the attack. You must have at least one crew upgrade on your ship in order to use this ability. Alright. So, um, when we use this, we're going to lose Sakona, but that doesn't matter because we only needed her during construction anyway. She's, used, she's basically blank once the game starts. So, Um, every time we're attacked, we're going to uh, conditional surrender and we're going to use shroud to stop one of the attacks Um, and that's going to give us another attack die with our dauntless too because that is a tech ability Um, now, the reason this is pretty good is number one, here's why I wanted to put this on the dauntless look, I don't need to tell you why conditional surrender is good like We're all sick of seeing conditional surrender builds at this point. Why am I putting it on the daunt list? Number one, it has four tech slots space. I mean, come on. But the other reason is um, the ability to gain attack dice through this is very powerful, especially because, and this is the main thing, conditional surrender starts with the expression when you are attacked, when your ship is attacked. I think that means that it may, under current wharf rulings, be able to be used more than once in a turn. Check with your TO. Obviously. But that's why I'm going back to here. This this was the original Conditional Surrender build before Wayune, before Veral, before Sopek, before any of this. This was the original Repeat Attack Cancellation build with Shroud plus Conditional Surrender. Why am I going back to the old form? Because it's the only way to do it multiple times per turn. It's also, by the way, the only way to do it without using your ship's action every turn. Uh, all of the Wayune and Sopek variants require you to either re-enable uh, Weiyun or use Sopak's action every single turn this is actionless um, and in this meta I think that's I think that's pretty dandy um, you can you can get some tech upgrades on quarks treasure and throw on some shrouds and conditional surrender and just load them onto a load them onto a waiting ship or start them on the dauntless as is here and because the dauntless is doing the jammed communications thing it's probably gonna be a big target every round which means that hey you you know, it's a good thing to put attack cancellation on because now your opponent has to choose do they want to attack the thing with attack cancellation that's annoying them and get all their attacks canceled or do they want to ignore it and uh, take hits from it while they're dealing with something else and still dealing with jammed communications as well. Um, So this is, um, I mean, this is not super... This is not a super fun build to play against. Let me put it this way. This, this is a little bit more of a competitive build than I would normally build for this show. I mean, anything with Conditional Surrender is going to be. But um, I really did want to showcase that there there are things to do with the Dauntless. And there are things to do with a couple of these cards. We haven't seen any variant of Weyoun that doesn't disable the save crew for, for quite some time. I mean, Weyoun, Weyoun 7 is actually quite good. There are very few things in the game that give you two slots at once. Um, and crew slots are at a premium these days. And it comes with the elite talent, so suddenly conditional surrender is free. Uh, there are a lot of pieces to this build. Um, even uh, Ixtanarax I haven't seen in a while. And, you know, he made the cut. Um, though he will certainly get cut if a one-point Dominion crew comes out. Because that will give me the one point I need to put the other shroud on there. But, um, yeah, he's, you know, there for now. You know, Bohica, also a real possibility. Once you run out of things, you want to jammed communications-ing But, yeah, so our whole build uh, overall is the USS Dauntless, 26 points, uh, Weiyun-7, 31 points, the Independent Dominion Fleet Captain, 36 points, Conditional Surrender, uh, Free with Faction Penalty for one total point, so 37, Extantarax, 39, Sakona, 41, Jammed Communications, 45, four shrouds for 49 and the type eight phaser array, which with faction penalty and Sakona's reduction is one point for a total of 50 points. So that's our ship for today. Um, And that's, that's basically all I have for you today. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show as always. If you liked us, uh, go ahead and uh, rate us highly on iTunes. Leave me, you know, comments or whatever. Uh, If you have any suggestions, feel free to message me on Facebook or to message me on board game geek Um, But until then, thank you very much for listening. Stand down red alert and secure from Battle Station.